My name is August McLaughlin, and I've been contemplating girl boners for years. It's time for Girl Boner Radio with August McLaughlin, a spicy blend of personal stories, in-depth reporting, and inspiration. Girl Boner is where good girls go for sexual empowerment. Listen in as August McLaughlin, award-winning health and sexuality writer, explores female sexual pleasure like no one else. She's the big sister slash girlfriend you've always wanted, and she loves to talk sex. Only on Global Voice Broadcasting. Raise your hand if you've ever heard that women are, quote, less visual than men when it comes to arousal. Turn-on is unique to the individual, of course, but recent research, including some studies conducted by Meredith Shivers, PhD, an associate professor at Queen's University, confirms something that many of us, including myself, have believed for a long time, that overall, gals tend to be equally, if not more physically aroused by visual stimuli than guys but that women are less likely to discuss it for all kinds of reasons. I can see why it's easy to believe that this isn't generally the case, especially in a world in which most sexy visual anything is still geared towards straight guys primarily, and not often in the most good or empowering types of ways, you know? Today's guest is on a powerful mission to change that. Welcome back to Girl Boner Radio, everyone. I'm your host, August McLaughlin, and today we are going to explore feminist porn, what it is, how to use it to add pizzazz to your sex life, your relationships, and more. Later in the show, Dr. Megan will share thoughts for a listener whose boyfriend recently gave up all porn after she discovered that he was turned on by violent scenes. First, I am so pleased to welcome Michelle Schneidman to the show. She is the dog-loving, espresso-drinking founder and CEO of Balesa, a new adult entertainment platform that empowers women to celebrate their sexuality. If you haven't checked it out yet, please do. You are missing out. It is so tantalizing and delicious. Thank you for joining me, Michelle. Hi, August. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. I'd love if you would share a bit about your background, because I know early on you did not learn much about sex or sexuality. What was your sex ed like when you were a kid? Sure. So, I mean, my sex ed as a kid was kind of very minimal. It was kind of a a weird thing where they kind of came into our schools. And I found we learned a lot about – so I remember learning a lot about, like, male orgasms. You know, males had orgasms females kind of just got periods. And I just know that we didn't focus at all on on female pleasure or female bodies. And, you know, this is like a huge problem because, you know, if if we would spend time teaching women about their bodies, then they would know what to ask for when they got to sexual uh, encounters. Absolutely. Yeah. It is so empowering when you go from that, because I certainly relate to that kind of um, education. And then to realize that there's so much more to our pleasure and so much that we can experience. It's like, it's amazing, because I remember the same thing, like watching the slideshow. And we learned about a little bit about male pleasure. uh, And, you know, there was like the slide that showed a man um, a medical drawing of a man with an erection. And then I'm thinking, like, maybe something good will happen for us, right? And then, it, we, again, it was cramps and periods. And, you know, it just, I was like, where is the yeah. good stuff? <laughs> but you did eventually find the good exactly. stuff. Um, and I know it, for so many of us, it comes through experience. And you've done this beautiful work that um, with Balesa that is just, I think, so important. I've heard many definitions of feminist porn. Uh, one thing I love about it, overall is it 
you know, tends to be much more inclusive. And I think it's for everyone personally that it features more shapes and sizes and ages and ethnicities and is much more, you know, women's pleasure uh, focused or, or welcoming at least. How do you personally define yeah. the the medium? Yeah, so I think a huge part of it is that it's, it's female pleasure focused. I think in, in most mainstream porn videos, you're seeing a lot of um, the male gaze. And so that means that they're focused heavily on just the women's bodies. And a lot of the time that people talk about just seeing this like humping torso, <laughs> not really seeing um, the man in the video or, or his pleasure. He's very quiet because that's what men want to watch is like the women. Um, and so our videos really focus on, on the whole experience, the whole sexual experience. Um, and yeah, like you said, you're seeing a lot more real bodies and, and real orgasms. And, you know, the sex just looks and feels real. And there's more, there's more storylines. Yeah, absolutely. I have found that to be so true and and so, so wonderful. I know that some people consider (laughs) feminist porn that term an oxymoron. I certainly don't. But I'm curious, what do you say to people when they say, hey, how does that even make sense, feminist and porn? Well, it's feminist. It's it's empowering to women. As long as you feel empowered by it, which we should, you know, sexuality is not something that that we should be ashamed of. Even when when we created Blessa, it was this whole thing. We didn't want it to be something that, that women would, you know, hide under their covers or clear their browser history or, you know, go on incognito when they're going to the website. Um, we really wanted to, like, bring it to the forefront and just make it something that actually empowers women. Um, and that, to me, is, is feminist. Agreed. Yeah. An equal opportunity for pleasure, right? Like, we should all have that. Exactly. Exactly. I think a lot of the time, like, when you have a sexual encounter, I think men go into it expecting an orgasm and if it doesn't happen they're kind of confused and i think women often go into these sexual encounters you know if they have an orgasm they're like oh yay but they don't really expect it you know and i don't think that's fair i think that we should all come into sexual encounters expecting an equal ratio of orgasm mm-hmm. yes that orgasm gap thing needs to go away <laughs> for sure exactly and how have people responded first early on when you first launched because i know anything involving sex and sexuality and women tends to be controversial <laughs> uh so what was that like at at first kind of in the beginning well right now we've had a really crazy response um in a really good way we've had we've launched i think 10 weeks 10 weeks ago today actually and we've had hundreds of thousands of users on the site. We've had millions of page views. Like it's been a really crazy response um, from the beginning. I mean, people have actually been pretty supportive. Like my mom was pretty supportive. <laughs> um, I think in the beginning when I started telling people about it before there was actually a website and a community and you know this this really elegant product to look at, I think people thought it was like kind of cute or like a you know like a little project. People called it that a lot, their project. <laughs> and I was like, it's not a project, it's a movement. <laughs> think only once we actually launched <laughs> yeah. and people were able to see it, that's when they really started to to understand it. So people stopped giving us the kind of like eyebrow raise or, you know, tilted head look. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That is awesome. And what kinds of scenes or are there particular um, videos that have been especially popular? What are people drawn to the most? Actually, um, so it's funny, a lot of the time when we say we're doing, you know, porn for women, um, people, at least for males, their, their assumption is like, okay, so it's like softcore, you know, this fluffy pink kind of watered down porn. Um, so not the case, because I think our most popular category is rough. So women actually do like all kinds of sex, and clearly we really like rough sex, but it's just that it's done in a way that the women, um, you know, are actually 
you know, they're, they're enjoying themselves. They're being empowered by the scene. It's not something that's happening to them. It's something that they're doing. Mm, I love that. And I know that you have mm-hmm. issue with the fact that there is, I mean, there's porn that has, you know, consensual BDSM in it, but then there's also porn that sadly celebrates violence toward women. And we have a question later that I'm going to bring to yeah. our resident expert. Um, what is, what are your thoughts on that as a whole? On, on BDSM? On, uh, well, on violence in, in porn and maybe versus BDSM. Well, I think that there's, there's, there's exactly, there's BDSM that people consent to and that, and that, you know, you have safe words and it's done in a way that, that is totally fine. And then there's some scenes that, I mean, I've seen um, in the past few months and stuff that is like so upsetting where you see it's just so clearly not consensual and that the woman is, you know, she's like crying in the scene. Um, it's awful. It's awful. But you know, you would never find that stuff on Bless. <laughs> yeah, it is so true. Everything that you have that I've seen is very sensual and erotic and powerful and, and artfully made. Yeah. And I like that you use the word elegant. Was that um, a goal of yours? Yeah. yeah, so even like with the name Balesa, we didn't want to give it a name that was something like super crass or like super porny <laughs> because the way we feel about it is, you know, Balesa is porn, but it's it's more than just porn. So it's kind of this, this elegant, this elegant brand and this kind of movement. Um, so we thought that Balesa was a really good name. For it. And you also offer erotic stories, which I'm super, super stoked about. Tell us about that. So erotic stories has been huge. It's a really big part of our website. We're really, really excited about it. Um, on this section, everything is original content, and we really have like some of the best erotic fiction writers on the planet. And yeah, and we're going to be opening soon a online uh, a publication where people can uh, subscribe to these stories and really, really awesome. Beautiful. Is there a particular story that's especially popular that uh, people are most drawn to? Um, people like all kinds of things. We don't really, I don't know, it depends what it is, but um, like erotic stories is a really cool thing for people because we have like different kinds of users. There's some that are, you know, strictly, they just like videos. And then some users that only want to read erotic fiction. Mm-hmm. And then we have some users that, like, maybe they weren't so well-versed with porn before. They haven't, like, dabbled so much because of the stigma that exists. But they're curious. And so a lot of the time what we've been seeing is, like, people will pop into erotic stories. And it's almost like this, like, warming up process where, you know, they, they read a few stories. And then, like, they're ready. They start watching videos and reading stories. And they become, like, highly engaged users. Oh, I love it. It's, it's like, really cool. it's like um, literary foreplay. Yeah, exactly. And it's just like a place where people can actually explore their sexuality and like learn what they like and then, you know, learn what they want to be doing. Cool. That's awesome. I have to ask because since we do share a similar kind of um, journey as far as what we learned early on, I yeah. also learned that porn was like the worst thing and that people who are in the industry are all abused and don't want to be there. And I learned a lot of different kinds of um, stereotypes and my own view of porn has changed over the years. And especially I'm just so excited about feminist porn. I think it is vital. Have your own views changed as far as porn um, since you were first learning what it was? Yeah, I mean, there's, there's obviously some, some terrible stories that you hear, but I think it's changing with, with you know, females getting behind the camera and controlling what's going on, um, which is something that we're really excited to be doing eventually um, when we start shooting our own stuff. And as for porn being detrimental, I mean, I think, it's, I think it's a really great thing, especially for couples, 
Um, I think it's really cool when you're able to sit with your boyfriend or girlfriend and, and watch a porn video together. Um, like sometimes people aren't so comfortable um, saying what they want in bed which is unfortunate because we all should be. Yeah. <laughs> but I find sometimes it's easier if you're watching a porn video with, with your, your partner and you're able to say like, oh, that looks good. I like that, you know? And it's kind of a, a way to learn about each other. Absolutely. Oh, I so totally agree with that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and if you were somebody who is brand new to any kind of porn. I know we have some listeners who um, have never delved into it. And actually, I have had a few questions over the recent months about feminist porn because people are, they've been kind of mixed feelings about porn. And now they're like, well, if there's feminist porn, I'm interested. What's kind of a good first step? Say they go to your website. What's a, a gentle way to ease in? Yeah. So, so our videos are actually categorized by tempo. So you can go to like sensual porn before you go into, you know, like a sensual passion and rough. So I'd say definitely before just diving into rough porn, that might, that might put you off if you're not used to watching porn. Um, I think going, clicking the sensual and you'll have the soft core um, videos or a lot of the time I hear women say that they like to start by only watching girl on girl, but everyone's different with their sexuality and it's not always related to what you want in real life, but definitely I would hit the sensual button. Yeah, that's that's really good advice. And I love that you mentioned that girl and girl is so popular because I read a study that showed um, and the study was of straight cisgender women. And it showed that they were the most turned on by girl and girl. And I think there are many reasons yeah. for that. But what's your take on that? Why do you think we enjoy watching that so much? Well, I think it has to do with I think when when there's a male and a female, and you know, I think females often feel like they're performing for men. Um, and I think when you have just female and female and like, and like women just have this, I think, connection that I don't know. And they just, it's, it's kind of taking away all of those things where you feel like you're putting on a show for a man. Um, so maybe it feels more real when you're watching it. Oh, totally. Yeah. I think so but too. It's actually really funny because, well, sorry, one of my good friends is, um, is a lesbian and I was having this conversation with her and I was telling her how, you know, like we've seen a lot of straight women love to watch gay porn and she's like, ugh, ew. <laughs> oh really? Like, what do you mean? <laughs> she's like, that's lesbian. ours. She's like, I don't, like, don't watch gay porn. <laughs> she's like, I hate gay porn. And I was like, that's so funny. That's what I was trying to say before about how it's not actually connected with what you want. Uh, just what you want to watch is is a different kind of thing. <laughs> that yeah. is so funny. And maybe there is something to the whole. It's a fantasy, so we enjoy watching and thinking about things that we don't necessarily want to do, or or that we yeah. feel can't be a possibility, like like gay men porn, for example. I think that's really, you know, those kinds of scenes can be really, really hot. And there's something about knowing that that person is is actually not going to be into you in a weird way. Like we want to feel wanted, but yeah. there's also, do you know what I mean? It's weird. Yeah, completely agree. It's a section that our, our users like as well, which is a guy on guy porn. And, and to me, that was surprising because I actually don't watch guy on guy porn, but I was like, oh, okay. You know, and then I started learning about it and I was like, that, that must be exactly why. <laughs> yeah, you're like, okay, I get it. Yeah. yeah, totally, totally. Yeah. Um, and how has your own sense of self and sexuality evolved over the years? Was it, was it that, you know, through experience you started to learn things or were there some kind of pivotal moments that you really saw the need to do this kind of work and to undo the shame? Um, I think I've always been someone who's, who's very comfortable um, sexually. And I kind of grew up and I like to say it was not just specifically like sex positive household. It's not like sex was like a, a conversation that was, was always being had, um, but it was very sex neutral. So there was never any shame put on the, anything like that. Like I remember when I was um, 15 or 16 and I had my first boyfriend and I kind of just, I never really had the sex conversation with my mom, <laughs> but I remember 
telling her that uh, I wanted to be on birth control. And she was kind of just like, all right, cool. Wow. That's <laughs> so there was awesome. never really in, in my in my personal life a time where I felt, um, you know, stigma. Yeah, that's so huge. I mean, just to have your question answered instead of because a big part of sex positivity, too, is that you don't dissuade those questions. Like if you're raising a kid and trying to have healthy, you know, beliefs about their body and stuff, it's if they ask a question, you don't go, oh, that's inappropriate. <laughs> you know, that, that she just answered. Yeah, that. that's cool. No, exactly. And so I think I think I was really fortunate in that way that that my mom w- was that way. And then you know, as as I grew up, I saw that not everyone was like that. And I saw things all around me where people were being like very much slut shamed, and or or you know, their parents didn't want to talk about sex and didn't raise them to be open about it. And you know, that's when I started to see that okay, not everyone has this. So we have to do something about it. Yeah, absolutely. In addition to porn um, and feminist porn and the work you're doing with Balesa, what are some other ways that you think are really important for? Uh, women and for people as a whole to start undoing any shame and to live. I know you have a mission for living more apologetically. What are some other steps you yeah. think are important? I mean, I think just talking about it and being open about these things and, and you know, talking to people that, that get it. Um, there's so many cool feminist movements now and female empowering things, um, especially in the sex tech industry. So I think getting involved with that and, and hearing these kind of women speak is really empowering. Absolutely. I so agree with that. And have you noticed that once you started the conversation, you know, and all of these conversations by launching Melissa and providing this content that people are more willing to talk to you about these issues? Yeah, completely. Um, 100%. And, and I think also, I didn't mention before, a huge part of our website is called The Collective. And so this is a place where it's literally just all articles um, by our community members of unapologetically bold women who are talking about things that are sex related, but also like tangential subjects. So things about relationships or what you mentioned before, body positivity, um, sex positivity, any kind of culture issues and anything that is, you know, female empowering. And this is a place that's like really good community speaking with like-minded women. Yeah, I love that. I think it's so important. I think we do need it to be a community. What are the kinds of things people bring up there? Um, you know, it's kind of the, we say that it's like the uh, the voice of our website. So it's anything that's female empowering and sex positive. A lot of things about, um, you know, body issues or um, relationships, stuff like that. Awesome. I hope everybody checks it out for sure. Um, what did you see yourself becoming? Like, if you could look back at yourself as a child, would you? do you think that the young you would be surprised that you launched a feminist porn company? <laughs> um, I've always been a little bit unpredictable, so maybe not completely surprised. I think a five-year-old me would say I'm going to be a veterinarian. <laughs> um, maybe 10-year-old me would say I'm going to be a writer. <laughs> And yeah, this time around, you would probably be like, it's very possible that I end up doing something that, you know, is empowering to women and kind of turns heads. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So I know you're going to be mm-hmm. opening a store soon, which you mentioned a little bit, something about um, subscriptions and stuff like that. Tell us about the store and kind of your, your mission with that moving forward. Yeah, so we're going to be selling on the store really, really amazing products um, specifically for women, like like the best stuff you could find. Um, so we're talking like sex toys. Eventually we'll have, you know, candles, oils, lingerie. There's a whole bunch of things that we're going to have on there. We're really excited about it. That's awesome. That's awesome. And how can people, do you have like a mailing list or how can people stay in the loop about it? Yeah, if you go to our website, 
Valesa.co, <laughs> not com. And there's a little button there. You'll see on the homepage where you can subscribe to our mailing list, and you'll, you'll hear about it as soon as we launch the online store. It'll be in the next uh, couple of weeks, couple of months. Awesome. So cool. And what would you say is your biggest goal if you could like wave a magic wand or, or even in the long haul, <laughs> what is like your biggest vision for what could happen with this work? We really just want women to start living a little bit more unapologetically. We really want women to just feel empowered by their sexuality. We want to end slut shaming. You know, we want to kind of just change the stigma around female sexuality. We want people to be empowered. If that could happen, we'd be super happy. Yeah, that is a hugely important mission. You mentioned slut shaming, which is uh, an issue near to my heart as well. Have you experienced slut shaming being in this industry? Yeah, I mean, I think everyone has, and I think maybe a little bit in the industry. Um, Not so much slut-shaming, but just, you know, in the beginning, people not taking me as seriously because I'm a woman. Um, I wouldn't say I've had any experiences with with slut-shaming directly related to Blessa, but yeah, in the beginning, it was like kind of harder to get people's attention to, to take me seriously 100%. <laughs> yeah, I totally relate to that. Yeah, people be like, oh, what a cute little blog or something. And you're like, no, um, actually, exactly. this is exactly. like my life-shifting, world-shifting movement. <laughs> yeah, and, and I think it's something that just all women kind of experience. I think, you know, all of the female founders I've spoken to, like in the sex tech industry especially, have gotten the same kind of treatment in the beginning where people don't take them seriously until all of a sudden they do. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's just the nature of how things go. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and who inspires you personally? Do you have like role models or, or personal heroes that you look up to? Um, probably Cheryl Sandberg. Yeah. <laughs> She's probably like an all-time woman hero of mine. Yeah. Yeah. What would you want to talk to her about if you could like sit down with her for a cup of tea or a meal or something? What would you like to pick her brain about? <laughs> Oh God, I don't even know where I'd start. <laughs> I was reading. She actually just she launched. A, she uh, wrote a book that she's going to be publishing. And I don't know if you heard about it, um, where she talks about um, dealing with with grief and and how to uh, make the best of that. It's called Option B, and I'm so excited. I was just reading about it yesterday. Oh, <laughs> so probably awesome. ask her a ton of questions about that book. Uh huh. I wish I were like Ellen DeGeneres because then you would open your door right now and she would walk in. Yeah. <laughs> there'd be this beautiful someday, someday when I'm yeah when I'm further along. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And uh, what would you say uh, the hardest part of your work has been so far? Hardest part of our work? Um, honestly, we are growing really quickly. Um, so it's kind of just that like scaling thing where we started, um, you know, we're, we're eight people now, but we have to hire so many more people so quickly, which is a good problem to have for sure. <laughs> but it's just um, a little bit stressful right now because I think we didn't expect to be, you know, growing this quickly. That's a really good problem, isn't it? I know. As I'm saying it out loud, I'm like, that's actually a pretty good problem to have. But yeah. it's been a... <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've been reading that book and I always screw up the name, but how to not give a fuck. I can't remember the guy's name who wrote it. But it's um, it's a really interesting and, and funny and kind of poignant um, self-help book that kind of makes fun of self-help books, but he talks about yeah. success in life being not related to not having problems that so many self-help books and coaches and stuff are like, how to be happy every day. Right. And he's like, it's not about that. It's about, yeah. it's about having 
being able to choose your problems, like having challenges that you that are worth it to you because it's allowing you to. So in your case, empower women, you know, it's like that is totally worth it for me to be like, oh, my gosh, I can't keep up because I know I'm doing this. Honestly, what, there's nothing else that I would rather be doing right now. Like knowing that what, what I do actually does empower women. Like I, it's like fire. Like every day when I come to the office, I'm like, this is my job. This is what I get to do. I know Aww. it sounds really corny and cheesy to say that, but it, it's really the truth. No, it's beautiful. No, I, and I relate. I think it's it's amazing what you're doing. And I think you should feel that spark and that, and that pride <laughs> with it. Um, in addition to knowing that you're empowering women, what are some of the f- most fun and exciting parts of your work? Um, I think getting to just, especially with um, the collective writers, I think just speaking to women that are so open-minded. Like I'm learning stuff every day just from the people that, that we speak to. And I think that's that's really cool. Um, yeah, just and, and the kind of thing that we're doing has just attracted by nature really cool women. <laughs> so I think that's, you know, something that I'm, I'm really thankful for the people that I've gotten to meet. Yeah, absolutely. That's amazing. Um, would you mind if I shared a question from a listener for you to weigh in on? Because it's related to what we're talking about. Sure, I'm happy to. Okay, so this comes from a listener named Kay, who wrote this. A few months ago, I found out that my boyfriend was watching porn that has violence against women in it. I'm not talking about consensual stuff like BDSM. It was really upset. I was really upsetting. We ended up having a lot of important discussions. He told me he felt bad that it turned him on, and then he decided to give up all porn. He said he's afraid that if he watches any porn, he'll just want to see the hardcore violent stuff. The problem is I want to enjoy nonviolent porn together. At the same time, I want to respect the boundaries he feels are important. I'm thinking softcore or feminist porn might be a good choice, or maybe I should just watch it myself right now. I thought you might have advice and I could say, hey, listen to this podcast from Kay. <laughs> what would you say to Kay? Uh, I'm actually not sure. It's a little bit complicated because I think, you know, porn addiction is a real thing. Um, so I don't know if he's actually trying to go cold turkey and not watch any porn. I don't know if something like that would set him off. Um, but I mean, if she wants to watch porn with him, it's kind of like what I said before, I'd recommend, you know, going for the more sensual stuff. Um, I don't know, but it it also goes back to what we were talking about, how, what you watch when you're watching porn, what you watch is not always related to what you want in real life. So I don't know if if they're not having anything violent in their relationship, I I don't know. Yeah, no, I agree. And I'm really glad you brought up the porn addiction issue too because you know it's an individual thing so if if you can helpfully watch it and and it doesn't detract from your life then that's a very different thing if he has a if he needs to and, and even just having different sexual goals and preferences in that moment like if he doesn't feel comfortable and she does like respecting each other's desires you know yeah exactly is is always important what have you learned about uh your own sexuality or your capacity for pleasure through this journey um, I, well, like I said before, I think I've always been someone who's, you know, quite sexual and quite open, but I think I've been a lot more open-minded to things. And I think, um, especially in the last two years, you know, we're talking about the orgasm gap, and I feel a lot more entitled to orgasms now than, than I did before. So I think I'm a lot more unapologetic in that, you know, both both people in a sexual encounter should, should be... Uh, Orgasmic. 100%. Yeah. You know, I love that you said that. And I love that you said, I feel entitled to it. <laughs> because I, I really like one yeah. of my strongest beliefs about sexuality is that it s- s- tends to be self-fulfilling. And 
I personally believe that it's the societal messages that tell women that they aren't orgasmic. Like you see studies that aren't even studies. It's more like a headline that was like a game of telephone. And they're like, almost no women orgasm. And if you believe that, then (laughs) you won't. So I think it's great. A big problem is like with these, a lot of the mainstream porn videos are like six minutes long. And so you're seeing in those six minutes, a lot of the time you're seeing these women have these fake orgasms and it just confuses people, especially when it's young people that are, that are watching porn and they think like, okay, like, you know, women can get off from me just, you know, kind of jackhammering her for three minutes and then she'll orgasm. And like, I mean, that's not how yeah. it works. <laughs> yeah, no, that is so true. And, and I've thought too, it's like, even in regular movies when they have a sex scene or something, they couldn't take 20 oh, yeah, or 30 yeah. <laughs> minutes for it because we'd be sitting there watching them have sex for 20 or 30 minutes. It's like a quarter of the movie. Right. So I think knowing <laughs> that what you're watching is entertainment too can be helpful that it's like... Exactly. That's, that's a good point. Because isn't... I but, mean, but it brings it back to what we were saying before is if, if they would teach them in schools about female pleasure, then we could understand you know, young people wouldn't be learning it from, from from porn or from movies and they'd be learning in school like that women usually need clitoral stimulation for them to orgasm. And then, you know, this would be brought into sexual encounters. Exactly. Because oftentimes in porn, if if they're doing scenes and scenarios where they're they have to face the camera if they're performing for the camera. So it's much harder to <laughs> stimulate the clitoris in that way. So do you think it should also be right. part of education that porn is discussed in sex ed? Um, yeah. Yeah, I think it should be. I think I think they should learn that, you know, a lot of the time, porn, even, even feminist porn, I think people have to understand that it's still a form of entertainment. So it's like when you're watching a movie, you know, you don't, you don't watch the notebook and take that as, as face value. You kind of understand that you're still watching it for entertainment. So I think porn is the same way and understanding that, you know, sex is or something else in, in real life and it's between two people. Yeah, absolutely. And things like oftentimes a woman who is gushing, they have to do it in a way that's really visually obvious. So they might have just guzzled like tons of water or it could be pee or like there's so many visual effects yeah, that exactly. are. So if if people knew, you know, because the thing is, as kids are seeing porn anyway, right. I, I've heard from parents before who are like, well, I want to make sure my kids don't see porn. And I'm like, um, they probably have, you know, it's just. I mean, they definitely have. I think yeah. everyone comes across porn on the Internet at some point, whether it's intentional or not. <laughs> so yeah. I think it's teaching them these things. I mean, I was just watching um, a documentary last week um, and they actually show you kind of behind the scenes. There was uh, a cum shot to the face and they show behind the scenes. They're just putting, um, I don't know if it was Vaseline or whatever it was. Um, some sort of cream all over her face. So it's it's not real. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. So rather than imitating it, just be enticed by it, right? Yeah. Like it's exactly. meant to arouse and entertain. Yeah, absolutely. Do you have a personal favorite style of porn or particular scene or video, or is it more about variety for you? Um, probably variety, but I probably stick between sensual and passionate most of the time but um as i mentioned i'm getting you know more and more more and more exploratory as as time goes on so yeah yeah what about you you know i this isn't even porn but 
I hope that there will be more porn featuring <laughs> older people. It's not like a fetish I have or anything. I mean, that would be fine if it was. It's not. But I, I, I was watching a movie that, of course, the name escapes me again. Um, but there was a sex scene of an older couple, and it was so freaking beautiful and completely arousing. And so for me, I get really turned on by yeah. the breaking of the of the stereotypes too. So I love seeing, you know, um, people of all shapes and sizes and uh, just the inclusivity and, and the respect of it just gives me an extra boost of excitement just because I'm so passionate about those those issues. But other than that, yeah. I definitely prefer the sensual stuff too. I've never been um, turned on by uh, like more of the hardcore kind of stuff in general, but I do get turned on by people being turned on. You know what I mean? Like if people are really yeah, exactly, exactly. excited. Yeah. Like I saw the first- And, and that's something that's really important. Sorry, that's something that's really important on, on Bless, and you see that in a lot of the videos that, that the two people or three people or four people, whatever's in the scene, um, are actually very turned on. And I think that that's huge, you know, that we really feel that. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I actually enjoyed the first Shades of Grey movie. I know not everybody um, did, but... Oh, really? I couldn't, I yeah. couldn't make it through. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. I couldn't make it through the books, but the first movie, it might have been because I had very, very, very low expectations. But to me, it seemed like a lifetime <laughs> movie, sort of like really, you know, just like this dramatic psychosexual thriller kind of more. But one thing I loved about oh. it was how turned on she was. I mean, the, the scenarios may not have yeah, been realistic, yeah, yeah. but I love seeing people so turned on. So I love that you celebrate that at Belessa. That's huge. Yeah, it's really important to us. So remind us again where people can find you and also um, where they can find you on social media. Sure. So our social media is at Belessa Co on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And it's Belessa, B-E-L-L-E-S-A, Co, C-O. Um, and if you want to sign up for a newsletter, you could do so on our website, which is Belessa.co, and you'll see it on, on the homepage there. Beautiful. You and you posted on all the exciting things. Yeah, please do. Please do. If you just have could leave us with one piece of advice for listeners, anything to step up our, because I know empowerment's a big mission for you. What's, what's one bit of advice you'd offer that we can all do today or in our lives that can help us live more fully and, and unapologetically? I think that's it. Be unapologetic and be bold and just do what the fuck you want to do. You know, don't don't be intimidated by anything or anyone because everyone starts somewhere and get with you. I love it. Thank you so much again for joining me. And I'm <laughs> wishing you all the best, cheering for you all the time. Thank you, August. It was so fun speaking to you. We'll talk soon. Such a fun chat. Everyone, make sure you check out Balesa, balesa.co. I will share links in the follow-up blog at augustmclaughlin.com also. So I also asked Dr. Megan, our resident sex and relationship expert with greatlifegreatsex.com, what she would say for Kay. Should she watch porn alone? You know, should they try to watch it together? Here's what Megan had to say. Okay, great question. And, um, you know, I too hope that uh, many people listen who in any way um, might be confused about sort of the meaning of their fantasies or feel shame around it. Um, so I think that's where the place I sort of want to start in your question is that, um, you know, I think when it comes to erotica and, and fantasy, uh, 
we're sort of hardwired on some level to what turns us on. And by that, I mean, it often, um, especially when it has, you know, the potential role in this case of something, you know, violent, non-consensual, or um, since some of the fetishes, usually there are roots of, uh, whether it's childhood or sexually developmental, you know, the, the mind is incredibly powerful. And often fantasy is sort of a psychological antidote to sort of an unconscious danger. And sort of by that, I mean, fantasies always have meaning. And um, I would really point you to an amazing book that um, helps sort of explain this in much, much greater detail um, and is called Arousal, The Secret Logic of Sexual Fantasies by Dr. Michael Bader. Because I think, you know, sort of first and foremost, we want to take the shame out of what turns anyone on because it's not like you chose it. Uh, it just happens to turn you on. And sometimes if you understand the why, then you might not feel so much distress around it. That being said, your partner does feel distress around it. So honestly, it kind of undoes the benefit of the turn on in my mind. And, um, you know, it's kind of like he wants to use the fantasy, but it feels like it's causing him harm, harm in terms of feeling bad about himself. And so that kind of is a lose-lose. And so, you know, his solution uh, for now, it seems, is, you know, watching no porn at all whatsoever. And, you know, I understand that, you know, you have a, you know, a wish and a desire, hey, you know, can't we watch sort of, you know, non-violent or, um, you know, porn for women sort of in a sense that, you know, you've enjoyed together. And, you know, I guess I would say to you, you got to go back to your boyfriend and get a sense of where he's at with this because, you know, fantasy, you know, in some ways is not dissimilar to um, alcohol or any sort of drug of choice. If he feels that he goes to use, meaning he wants to look at something, this it's a slippery slope and he's going to end up there. And that's not a place he wants to end up. It's kind of like he feels he can't use, you know, sort of just by harm in a sense. And so, you know, this is where we sort of use the language from out of control behaviors. And, you know, does he feel like he needs to go abstinent, meaning no porn whatsoever? Or can he do sort of a moderation management harm reduction? And, and that means that, you know, if you give it some time, because I think it's important to um, sort of let the supercharged highways of his mind and that, you know, this, this you know, very quick, lightning fast nor pathway in terms of these fantasies train him on. You know, I'd give it at least 30 to 60 days for that to sort of simmer down and not become his go-to and then see whether or not you can incorporate it into your sexual life as a couple. Um, and then really just allow yourselves to notice how does that go? You know, does it feel like it works for you both or does he find that in any way it feels like a slippery slope for him? Because that's what we really need to be paying attention to is, um, you know, where does this fall for him and what feels good or healthy or helpful? And so absolutely, by all means in time, certainly explore whether or not you can bring it back together or even for himself, self-stimulation, masturbation. Can he begin to watch um, sort of more feminine based or um, even as that's more vanilla erotica? Like, can that and does that turn him on? Does he have a range in a sense of um, his erotic fantasy? And if he does, fantastic. Um, but as I said, it's, it's, there's no gold standard here. Everyone is their own expert. So really continue the conversation, give it some time where he's in this period of, in a sense, abstinence, not looking at any a few months from now, pick it back up and then see, I think experience is, you know, our greatest informer of next steps. So keep the conversation open and 
you know, again, is also an opportunity to explore other than fantasy or porn, you know, what are other ways to sort of increase your erotic pleasure? And, you know, coming together and putting your minds together around that could also be really hot because, you know, maybe it's role play, um, you know, and in fact, in role play, you could potentially be a non-consensual partner. Again, if you felt comfortable with that, you know, it, it's, it's also an opportunity to explore, you know, sort of storytelling and turn on. So, I hope I've given you a lot of, you know, sort of next steps and things to think about. But most importantly, you know, even when and if you don't continue to watch porn together, you certainly have it for yourself and your own pleasure. And I think in no way does that limit your possibilities um, for erotic pleasure and repertoire as a couple. As always, let me know how it goes. Thank you so much, Dr. Megan. I love what she had to say about, you know, respect and communication. And as she was explaining, you know, other ways to work together for fantasy and arousal and play and all of that, I just thought, wow, what a cool way to turn what may feel challenging in the moment into this opportunity to try new things. That's pretty exciting. Uh, and speaking of pleasure, if you're looking to try something new, we have another fabulous new toy of the month thanks to the pleasure chest. It is called Sugar Pop. It's from Vibratex. And it is amazing. When I read that it literally mimics a belly dancer's moves on your G-spot. Think about that for a second. I knew I had to try it. It has customized vibrating speeds, which make it super easy and fun to use for just the right amount of sensation. You can turn it up, turn it down, but it really does feel like you're dancing on the inside, I gotta say. It's also body safe and completely adorable. Uh, the one I have is hot pink. It, it just is very fun to look at and to play with and to use, and it takes batteries. So if you don't have time to charge, you just put a few batteries in there and you're good to go. Check it out at The Pleasure Chest in LA, Chicago, or New York or visit their newly revamped website, which is so incredible, thepleasurechest.com. I also shared some really fun news on my blog about Girl Boner today, which you can check out at augustmcglaughlin.com forward slash girl dash boner dash journey, or by heading to girlboner.org, which will redirect you there. Here's a hint. It's a huge dream of mine that is coming into fruition that I just learned is official. And it makes me want to quote the Indigo Girls, the prize is always worth the rocky ride because it is. It really is. Thank you so much for listening. If you have not yet subscribed on iTunes, I hope you will. You can also leave us a simple little review while you're there. And I love hearing from you. If you have any questions, reach out to me on social media or on my website. Thanks again for listening, for following along this whole journey. If you've been with me from the beginning, it means so, so much. And have a beautiful Girl Boner Embracing Week. <laughs>